0: As a couple who's been together for 14 years and who puts themselves out there as experts on money, we're surprised that even we learned something with, from today's guest, Megan Lathrop from Capital One Cafe. On uh, Wednesday, October 4th in Denver at Capital One Cafe, 15th in Waywada, David and I are participating with Megan Lathrop from Capital One Cafe at their store for a money matched live game show which is a newlywed style game show to see how much david and i know about each other and our financial situation Uh oh! and the whole idea is to get couples starting to talk about relationships so without further ado here is megan lathrop talking about money and relationships on queer money
1: there's personal finance for the masses this is not personal finance for the masses this is queer money
0: Welcome back to another episode of Queer Money. We are excited uh, to have our good friend Megan Lathrop back from Capital One. I don't know if you, uh, our listeners will remember, but on episode 40, Why Would You Need a Money Coach? We had uh, Megan come on to talk about Capital One Cafe and the uh, money workshops that they're offering to help people um, get engaged with their money um, from less of a banking perspective and more of a holistic perspective. So welcome, Megan.
2: Thank you so much. It's great to be back.
0: Absolutely. Hello,
2: hello. Would you mind uh,
0: just for our listeners who uh, weren't listening back then, would you mind to give our listeners a brief uh, introduction of who you are?
2: Yes, absolutely. So, as I said, my name's Megan, and I am the evangelist of our money coaching program here at Capital One, and I'm also the first in what we call it a senior certified money coach. Uh, so basically what that means is I've been, I've been involved, um, since the start with this program about two and a half years ago and kind of help in different areas. But, um, mostly at this point, I'm passionate about talking about our relationship with money for both individuals and couples and just raising awareness that Capital One has this, uh, free offering of, um, three money coaching sessions.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Capital One is making, um, Personal finance, more personal, and that's that's awesome. And David and I are actually going to be participating on. Uh December, or I'm sorry, yeah, December, October 4th, which is a Wednesday night from 5 to 8 p.m. We will be joining Meg, Megan at the Capital One Cafe here in Denver um, at 1500 Waywada, to do a uh, Money Match Live uh, game show, <laughs> in Newlywed style, to see how well <laughs> David, <and laughs> David and I know each other <laughs> um, from a financial perspective, along yes. with a few other couples. So that could be quite scary for us <laughs> and very entertaining for the crowd. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's
2: so if perfect. You're in- you're the perfect participant. Kind of uh, unbelievable. Know, thank you. <laughs> so if you're in
0: the Denver area, October 4th, please swing by. We would love to see you. Um, so let's go ahead and get um, things started. Oh, sorry,
1: David. No, I just wanted to say for for all of us out there, no matter whether, as Megan said, whether we're single or we are in a relationship with one or more people, <laughs> uh, the question of how we relate to money has such a huge impact on our lives, uh, whether it's how we earn more money or how do we take care of the money that we have. And there's so many deep feelings and emotions that we have as, I, I want to say as as humans, but especially I think as Americans, our relationship to money. And when you, br- when you bring someone else into that, I mean, I, I think back to when I was uh, on my own my relationship with money was all about me Uh, and as we bring someone else into the relationship that just makes that whole relationship with money more convoluted and uh, it seems like today whether you're single and living with somebody uh maybe as uh, in a platonic uh relationship your roommates or you have uh someone that you are romantically involved with then it it gets so difficult to deal with and that's why John and I are talking about this subject again because this is the second time that we've talked we will be talking about our relationships and money because we need these reminders on a regular basis John and I talk about how from time to time we fall back into old habits and it's because we need to dig into what's going on inside yeah
2: mm-hmm. Can I just say thank you to you both for your service to people and for just bringing this transparency and honesty and openness around the dialogue, which is so needed. Uh, so I really appreciate the work you both are doing and just bringing the awareness that there's a lot that goes on here and yeah. bringing it out in the open is, you know, such a big step.
0: Yeah, that's great. And, and likewise to you, thank you for bringing your your wisdom and knowledge to uh, to the masses and help people getting better uh, acquainted with their money and uh, hopefully their spouse or spouses or partners. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess that, that leads me to my first question. Uh, you know, we all have uh, bring. We all bring emotions with us about money, and mm-hmm. so we either seem to talk about it or it becomes very emotional. Any, mm-hmm. is that?
2: <laughs> yes, that's a great question. Exactly, money is so can be so charged and triggered, and um, so often it, the thing that's on the surface that triggers us or kind of ruptures into a conflict will be something like. One partner wants to spend money on a vacation where maybe another would value more buying some furniture for the home, and therein lies a conflict. Um, So something like kind of the first exercise I do with couples, and is actually a part of the first exercise we'll do at the workshops uh, in uh, Denver, is identifying what your actual values are, your top five values as it relates to spending, as well as your partner's. And so often if we just take the time to see that there's nobody that's right or wrong, you know, because when it comes to different spending items as humans, we can all kind of have opinions and judgments and think certain things are right or wrong. But when it comes to our values, um, you know, all values are kind of created equal uh, and you can't really point the finger. So maybe in the little example I was giving the person that was wanting to buy vacation, maybe he, that person is valuing freedom. Whereas the person who's maybe wanting to buy furniture is valuing home or belonging or peace or whatever having those items gives them. Um, So if we can just drop from the surface just a little bit to what are we actually talking about underneath the couple or the partnership has the increase, the, the chances increase amazingly to them being able to understand each other. And then find a way to actually support each other rather than, you know, trigger each other and have fear and upset with each other.
0: I love it. I never even thought about taking it from a commercial perspective to an acquisition perspective down to a more, I guess, an ethereal perspective of why is it you want the vacation? It's not just being able to say, yes. I can go to Bermuda. Um, mm-hmm. Or because I have this f- fancy pottery barn couch, <laughs> mm-hmm, I right. but it's actually, you know, you want to make a, a more comforting nest or you want to have the, the freedom and liberation to, to do what you want. Right.
2: Mm-hmm, or creativity. Exactly. There's some, some deeper meaning happening for both people.
0: Do you find when you take it down to that level that then um, there's more overlap than there otherwise would be?
2: Yeah, yes, yes and no. Um, a lot of couples do share, you know, a lot of the same values. Um, and if they don't share some of the same values, it can be, they can still be very complementary um, and they can grow together by their different values. Once they maybe are able to understand their partner's values, then they can find ways to honor and respect both of them. Um, so it's not like a, a ticket to freedom necessarily, <laughs> but it's definitely a ticket to awareness and empathy and understanding and connection. And something I'd say a lot is, you know, our relationship with money can either lead us to conflict or it can lead us to intimacy. So again, it, it does become more about the journey than the outcome. And once there's that connection and understanding, usually we can create win-win situations.
1: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. so. That's so smart. You know, I, I think back to when John and I were first uncovering some of our feelings and emotions around money. One of the first things that we realized was that I was a nickel and dimer, and John mm-hmm. was a big spender. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we started to look at some of the reasons why. And uh, and for me, it was much more around convenience and mm-hmm. uh, not having to deal with the day to day things. And for John, mm-hmm. it was. I want to look pretty. Mm, <laughs> he said, <"Nami."> beauty, <laughs>
2: yeah, that's beautiful. So you, you one of you valued ease and convenience, and the other was valuing beauty. Yeah. And yeah. those are both like wonderful values.
0: Right, oh, and I won uh, you over, so whatever.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're mentioning a good point that there's a level of vulnerability required in us stepping forth and kind of sharing with the other what it is we are valuing you know, that's a little closer to our heart than maybe the item or the transaction or the choice. Um, so that's a little bit where that that intimacy comes in, because to really have these honest conversations with each other, we have to get to know ourselves. And we also have to kind of show that part of ourselves to the other, which is definitely an act of courage.
0: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So I, I love that. And that's a great segue into our next question. When should a couple start talking about money or this getting this kind of intimacy. Um the first date.
2: First date.
1: (laughs) 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 Who are you gonna scare away?
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. You know, so kind of with anything in a relationship, um, I'm a personal proponent of just letting things unfold. And of course, you know, we have there's a boundaries or t- there's a process to revealing yourself. Um, so every, every couple or person though has a different pacing to at what point they wanna reveal things about themselves um, and at what point maybe the, the recipient is open or receptive to to learn or hear that about the other. Um, so that really is on a personal case by case basis. Um, and I would say that the, the moment that something starts to arise that uh, taps a slight trigger point or frustration that might be a good moment for not necessarily one to, to point out anything about the other's spending or choices, but for the one that's maybe feeling something to share how they're feeling or to share something from in a vulnerable way what's coming up for them. Um, and usually at that point, when that that nerve first gets struck, is the time that there is that level of closeness and intimacy there that that money dialogue would make sense to start weaving into the relationship.
1: Yeah, that makes that makes so much sense. Uh, I, I again, I'm going to go back to just my own personal experience and thinking back to when John and I were first getting together. And I knew my financial state and I know, knew that I was uncomfortable with some of the things that we were doing during mm-hmm. our, mm-hmm. well, wooing phase when I was trying to woo John. I was yeah. comfortable with some of that spending, but at the same time, I was scared that if I
2: if I said something,
1: I was going to end up losing him. <laughs> yes,
2: that is so dear. His exactly, <laughs> that's so dear. Thank you for sharing that. I can r- relate completely, and I know so many people can. Right. That we we are afraid to set our whether it's share what our boundaries might be or make a request. Requires us stepping into that place of we don't know how the other person's going to respond, right. and that that is what's really scary to us on an emotional level. You know, are we going to be rejected? Are we going to be turned down? Are we going to be misunderstood? Um, and that's again where if um, both couples are equipped, which by coming to workshops or having conversations about money they can have the skills in place so that maybe when that action is shared they're they're equipped to be able to be, be present and have a you know a mini dialogue about it um, cuz it's tough we don't want to lose the connection or the person right. and it's a real thing
1: right so how do you suggest that someone who may be in that situation. John and I have a, t- a tool that we suggest, but I would love to hear how mm. you suggest that someone who is feeling that way, how do they start that money conversation?
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, one exercise that I think is really fun to do that once things maybe start to come up and we're noticing that money is now a part of our shared relationship is just do a simple expectations exercise. And that's where like, you know, maybe sitting at home doing something you enjoy, um, making it a part of a ritual. If if we have a chance in our conversation, I'd I'd love to share about the, the importance of rituals and money. Um, but in this particular exercise, it'd be you know, doing, setting yourself in an environment that's positive and uplifting for you. And then each person just getting out on paper, all of the things that are their personal expectations that they have around money, whether they know it or not. And that can be everything from, I think it's reasonable to spend $50 on dinner to, I think it's reasonable to spend money X amount on my haircut every two months to, I think, you know, I prefer, I I believe people should have a fixed income to, I believe in bonuses, you know, all the things Because the reality is, is as much as that's an exercise to support, support your partner in knowing you, we often don't recognize that we're having all these expectations inside ourselves. And so the other person, a family member, a partner, a business partner takes some action or does something financially and we're triggered Mm -hmm. um, because we didn't know. And this is the process of learning and self-recognition. We didn't know we had an unspoken expectation that we were holding, um, Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: That, ma- that makes a, a lot of sense. You, one of the places that John and I like to start that conversation with, and I think it, it's very much in line with what you're saying, the expectations, is the fun part of money. And that's where you want to be. What kind of mm-hmm. goals do you want to set? Where do you see yourself yeah. in, in mm-hmm. five years mm-hmm. or three years? Or what kind of purchases do you want? What kind of vacations do you want to take? All those yeah. kinds of fun things are great ways to, that's a great way to start that conversation because everybody wants to say that, right?
2: Absolutely. That's a great (laughs) example. Yes. And then you can, you start both picturing kind of your future selves and who you each want to become and kind of aligning yourselves with each other. So that's awesome because we're changing so much every day. And if we focus too much on who we were now or who we were last week, we're not, we're not aiming at this forward place that maybe we're even more aligned with in the future.
0: Yeah, I also think it's smart that you try to uncover help people realize how they feel about money. Oftentimes mm-hmm. we're acting sort of unconsciously. Um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. until Dave and I hit rock bottom and we actually started to have discussions about what we truly wanted in life, you know, we were living, you know, the first twenty some years, thirty some years of our lives, living up to some expectation that we realized we didn't really necessarily Want to live?
2: <laughs> wow! Yeah, like it was just coming from sort of an outside source or from just outside expectations.
0: Yeah, we th- we thought we had to, you know, live the, the gay lifestyle and go clubbing every weekend and have all the fancy clothing, the travel, and while we enjoyed some of it, uh, we realized that we didn't love all of it, and she sure. was actually digging us in a financial hole. So when we we got aligned with what our values were, we were able to mm-hmm. get out of that financial hole. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. That is oh. such a great point. Um, So so much of the money coaching program is about each individual defining their own success. And you're basically now bringing to light, you know, that this is also what we hope for for couples to define their own success as a couple, both personally and financially. And what a great example that you just gave, Um, because so often we're influenced by so many things and we're not staying in what's true for us and true for our values. And it so often is those very things that have us either in debt or out off our course financially. Right. Um, so you you nailed that. That's exactly what I've have found with with so many couples.
1: Yeah. So Megan, I I love this conversation, but there may be still some individuals who have some inhibitions or some mm-hmm. worries about talking mm-hmm. to their partner about money, especially maybe if they're coming from a place of uh, of concern or fear, or they've been maybe not as transparent. So, what are some of the benefits then of someone having these kinds of conversations or doing a coaching workshop with, uh, not workshop but uh, coaching session at Capital One? What kind of benefits are there to having that?
2: Mm-hmm. Great, yeah. Well, you you just now sharing how you know many people still might feel inhibited. Um, I'd love to share actually I have in front of me Capital One has done a survey on some statistics, oh, yeah, and yeah. i th- I think it might be a good just to help normalize that we're all kind of in this together. Um so Capital One did this national survey and found that 75% of Americans who are currently in or have ever been in a committed relationship feel that setting financial goals with a partner is more difficult than setting goals as an individual. So, you know, so basically most of us recognize it's far more difficult with another than it is to just kind of sit down and do it on our own. It's
1: a huge percentage. Wow. Yes, <laughs> right? I think Isn't the like- other 25 <laughs> are hoping the other one is going to set all the goals and they'll just be <laughs> along for a nice ride,
2: huh? <laughs> And then further, um, despite this sense of difficulty, though, 63%, so nearly two-thirds, would prefer to manage their finances with a partner rather than individually. So look at that. You know, ever we're all kind of 75% are recognizing how hard it is, but still two-thirds of us still are willing to go through that and face it. That's We'd still rather do it with another than on our own.
1: I wonder if that speaks to some sort of inherent uh Belief inside of us that when we work together with someone on something that there's more value or more benefit. I hate mm-hmm. to use the word synergy, synergy because it's so Corporate. overused, right <laughs> but that they we all recognize that that yes. especially when we're with someone, that there's some sort of additional value that comes when we're working yes. on it together
2: exactly that you know one plus one equals more than two there's some additional exactly when we work together, so much more can happen yeah. yes. I would imagine that
0: Capital One Cafe's workshops kind of help create these sort of discussions.
2: Yes, they do. Um, Yeah, in our workshop, there's a chance. Well, the workshops are really supportive in building empathy where you really can understand the other person and learning basic, really basic communication skills so that Once we're able to move through kind of, and maybe I'll touch on it in a minute, the the triggers and things that might come up, then you're set up to success so that you can, as a couple, reach further towards your passions and and your goals than you ever could um, on your own. Because you really, you faced a lot of things that might have been keeping you back.
0: Right. So hopefully makes that 75% difficulty (laughs) lower. (laughs) Yes,
2: Exactly. Exactly. So and,
0: uh, you mentioned earlier about you love the idea of rituals. Is that to help main, keep yourself aligned with what your your mutual goals are throughout your relationship?
2: Yeah. So, you know, you know, whenever we schedule something on our calendar, you know, if we would have had on our calendar, like monthly financial conversation with partner, <laughs> we might feel a little anxiety as that, you know, hour is approaching. Um, or we both, both people might silently not acknowledge it and be out to dinner and let it pass or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, so um, I've found that when people merge, you know, but there, and there's benefit to having consistency and scheduled meetings and, you know, something put on the books that it does actually happen. Um, so having these scheduled times for couples to talk about money brings just knowing it's there and then actually following through with it brings so much stability to the couple and to the financial life and dialogue that the couple is having. Um, so what, so having it is one thing, but then having it now, as I was sort of touching on earlier, be something that both people are looking forward to. Um, so I often ask people to kind of reflect on a the time they had a conversation that might've been difficult or about money or something and they were nervous about or was challenging and reflect on what made it go well. Was it the environment? Was it a style of communication they were doing? Was it because they were doing something they love and they had the conversation at the same time? Was it because it was planned and they were able to prepare for it? You know, it'll be different for everyone, but taking, I invite every couple to take what elements would set them up for major success and be something that they would enjoy, candles, music, you know, wine, tea, whatever it might be, and have your conversations in those settings so that it's not this scary, compliant, um, let's go over the checkbook moment, but that you're, it's almost like a date. Um, It's almost meant to be an encounter to connect and to learn and to be curious.
0: I love it. Make it, make it a fun, intimate experience, so you can get intimate about your money.
1: Right. And I can't imagine that sitting in that environment just puts you in a positive space mentally. Uh, And, you know, I I oftentimes think of the picture of the husband and wife sitting across the table from each other, almost charged and looking at each Uh other angrily as they're talking about finances. And that, I think, is the picture that so many people think that they have to have when they're having.
2: Mm-hmm, that money mm-hmm.
1: conversation.
2: Yeah, I know. Exactly. And I will have to say, if, if we don't have recognition of setting up that beautiful, sweet, calm container, whatever, whatever values would make that a good fit for that particular couple, it takes that and recognition of triggers and how we want to engage as a couple or a partnership or a business partnership or two family members or close friends, how we want to engage when a trigger arises. Um, I could talk about that for a minute if you want, um, yeah, that'd be great. okay, so, well, I'm sure you two are familiar being a long-term couple of the triggers that arise between two people. Um, and I like to just really make it straightforward and normalize to people that, that, that first off, we don't, we don't need to avoid or be afraid of conflict. Um, it's actually a sign of a healthy relationship to disagree or to have things arise that you need to kind of go into, Um, But of course, it's just how we do it. We want to fight in a way that's or not fight, but maybe it's fighting, but, you know, (laughs) engage in a way that's respectful, respectful fighting or just something where there's there's bounds and there's understanding and there's effectiveness so that both people are able to move on afterwards and maybe recover from what disappointed them, forgive each other and be stronger after. Um, and what happens is so many conflicts arise and both people walk away discouraged and they haven't learned anything new about each other and they haven't come to a resolution. Um, so the number one thing I suggest for if a trigger arises between two people is for both people to realize they need to slow down. Um, because the trigger cycle from a psychology standpoint, right, it can go from zero to 60 in like 60 seconds.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> right? So just slowing down is like getting a gold star for the day. If, if both or one person's able to remember that or think of that, you're already setting yourself like a new terrain to, to work from. Um, so once slowing down, it's realizing that there's, that this trigger is telling you that you're in danger in some way and and triggers are so huge when it comes to money right because money is so often tied to our sense of security and our sense of safety and just kind of our overall well-being um so i really when i work with people there's just a lot of tenderness around those triggers because it's just part of our human nature to to get afraid that we're not going to be okay or that we're under danger um, so at Capital One and in our workshops, uh, we really invite a lot of compassion and kindness around this um, and just to recognize that, that this can be difficult and scary. Yeah, so,
0: But it doesn't have to be. And, and the better mm-hmm. you position yourself um, to yeah, have as- this conversation and to recognize when you're triggered. Um, so you can control the triggering <laughs> right. yes. you probably position yourself for much more financial success than you otherwise would, because if you're always going into this aggressively and angrily and not in a good mental attitude, um, you're probably just mm-hmm. exacerbating or continuing um, bad behaviors.
2: Yeah. Right, exactly. Exactly. So if people move from the trigger to just noticing the feelings they might be having, they might have tightness in their body or tingling, or they whatever actually physical sensations they're having. And then just gaining some awareness around that they're making an interpretation that's likely based on something from their childhood or some other time um, that's not in the now. And then realizing once we make that interpretation, we often then communicate something that includes those feelings and interpretation. And that's what sort of starts that cycle that, that you're pointing to that we we don't really want, want to go into. Um, because if we do, then, then that usually triggers the other person. And then they go through that same series of things I just mentioned from the trigger to the feelings to the interpretation to the communication.
0: Right, <laughs> It's a never-ending cycle.
2: Yes. So... so- Mm -hmm. Let me just
0: ask you some logistical questions. I I know uh, one question that comes up for the LGBT community a lot, especially since same-sex marriage passed in 2015, is should I combine my assets with my partner? Mm -hmm. That's always a very touchy subject, especially um, for older LGBT couples who have been, for the most part, independent. All of a sudden they're in this marriage or relationship and they're they're not so comfortable with merging everything. (laughs) What are your thoughts on that? Or figuring out what the right solution is for that particular couple.
2: Yes. So that's a great question. And I get it all the time too. And I would say that that is always a personal decision and there is no right or wrong answer to that. You know, every couple has designed their relationship in their own unique way. And, you know, more and more that, you know, that we're designed, couples and partnerships are designing their life together and there's no template to how that looks. Um, so there's a whole spectrum of not combining your finances to fully combining to everything in between. And what matters is just finding the mix that works for both people in the partnership. Um, Because where the problems arise or the triggers might come up is if it's set up in an area where one person feels a little stretched or uncomfortable and the other isn't and they haven't acknowledged that or something like that. Um, so, it's more about finding that sweet spot where it's clear and, you know, an alignment for both people. Right. And then on top of that, realizing that it'll probably evolve and change and it could take different shapes over time. And it's kind of just like financial planning, it's a process that's constantly changing based on what's going on. So, it, it doesn't ever need to be a fixed way of doing it. Um, different chapters in life, different setups might feel more comfortable.
1: You know, I think back to the start of our relationship when John and I first were together, we were financially separate. Uh, Then we moved in together and it was shortly after that that we decided to have a joint checking account to handle our expenses. But we still had separate accounts where we put that where our money, where our money went to first Mm-hmm. then we moved to the point where we had those separate accounts. But the only thing that went in there was a small spending amount. Uh, I think at the time it was like 50 or $75 a paycheck because we still felt the need to have a little bit of independence. Mm-hmm. And today it's all John's.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's, that's how that works
0: ladies
2: <laughs> well that's great you know that you, what a great example you know there's these little strategies that are unique to every couple that make it work and feel good and it's finding the, what are those little setups that help people feel comfortable you know your example is a, a great one um, other examples of that are like you know sometimes Say one person is more aggressive with their, invest, their investment strategy and one person is more conservative. It's like determining what, what amount in cash does maybe the one person need to have in their checking account to feel comfortable, whether and maybe it's not even money they spend. But there's little things we can do like that that set up so that the whole picture can be in harmony. Um, which takes some time. That's actually a great thing to sit down and our money coaches can help people design some of those action steps um, for their finances.
0: Well, I think that's great because if, if you're struggling making opening yourself up to having these discussions with your partner, um, go to Capital One Cafe and work with the money coach and, and have them... Uh, either push or pull you through it right. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah you, can, you can you can blame them for you know for having to have the discussion right. but you need to have the discussion because that's the only way you're actually going to have that financial success we're all looking yeah. for
2: that's a great point. You're so it's what I'm. I'm impressed with Capital One that we're offering. It's such a playful, fun, light environment to sort of kick off the conversation. You could be a long-term couple having the, the you've had the conversation for years. You could be in a new relationship or needing a refresh. But they the workshops we give and the events we're having are just they're they're set up perfectly for really anyone at any stage in their relationship and. Um, I can say that it's they do so much to just set it up to be comfortable and light. We use stickers and colored pens and there's food and it's just a really friendly atmosphere. So I really do invite anyone who wants kind of that type of environment to start the conversation to come in for one of the workshops um, is a great entry point or if or if they're ready to sort of sit down and have that same level of fun and light and connected conversation, they could sit um, down as a couple one on one with a money coach.
1: Yeah, I will say that the first time John and I met Megan, she was here in Denver and we met her at Capital One and she was showing us these books. And (laughs) to be honest, um, I know most of us, when we think about sitting down with a money coach, we think that we're going to be sitting down with someone and they're going to have a laptop and they're probably going to have an Excel spreadsheet Mm -hmm. and they're going to be asking us Mm -hmm. for statements. And that is not at all what this was like. <laughs> Honestly, I kind of felt like you were showing us coloring books <laughs> because yeah, it was yeah. it, it, it was you, it was almost like you were pulling the numbers out of it cuz I am a numbers person. I love numbers, but John um fears them. Yeah, uh fear lo- we he just loathes don't get along. <laughs> 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 um but I think that 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 is the case that so many of uh, of us when we start to talk about money, the numbers are what we don't want to talk about. And that's mm-hmm. it's almost like that's what you've done is you've you've lightened it up and made it playful and yes. that's the easy part. You know, that's mm-hmm. that gets us in the mood to have yep. the conversations.
2: Exactly. Yep. And the specifics around the money and the facts and figures and all that can come much much easier down. You know, after maybe a handful of sessions or some workshops, once you've maybe moved through what your questions are, things that you didn't know yet that you wanted to know, and then all of a sudden you feel a lot more comfortable. Yeah, that's that's amazing.
0: So, Mm -hmm. if a couple wants to come in and work with a money coach, what is that experience like? Is it a one-time session? Is it are there several sessions? What what all is involved?
2: Yeah. So we call it a money journey uh, because it, like anything, you know, nothing necessarily, things do change overnight, but there's a little bit usually more of a journey behind deeper growth and education. Uh, So we give three sessions. Um, So you come in, you have three sessions and you can spread them out however you'd like. You could come in once a week or twice a month or once a month, once a quarter, however you'd like. And you can also mix in workshops in there based on what's on the calendar for at your local cafe. And over the course of those three sessions, people can help to really identify where they are um, and kind of what's important to them. Then they can see what are their roadblocks, whether that's beliefs or patterns or needing more education, whatever the roadblock might be. And then in the last session, creating a plan so that you can mark your progress and see yourself moving forward along with your journey. And then down the road, you know, our coaches are in the cafes. We also have ambassadors in the cafe. And our hope really is that the culture in the cafe becomes this place where it doesn't end there. Um, The customers or non-customers that come in for these sessions are becoming a part of a larger community where they can participate in all sorts of events that we're having, um, like this dating game that we're having, but also also all sorts of mixers and other educational events and financial empowerment events that we host in the cafes um, to keep the dialogue going and keep them moving along and staying accountable and motivated.
1: I was quite surprised the other day when I was looking at the website how many events that the cafes have. There are mm-hmm. there. It's almost like weekly. There are there are uh, multiple events that uh, that, and they're not all about money. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what I like, is it just mm-hmm. makes you feel a little bit more comfortable in, in that situation. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll yeah. I'll just say you know for those of you who are wondering why is it that John and I as uh, providers of personal finance uh, advice and information, why we would be sharing uh, something like this, like Capital One. Uh, One of the things that John and I recognize is that all of us learn and interact and deal with money differently. And sometimes some of us need to sit down and work with someone face-to-face. And although we would love... To fly around the country and talk to every single one of you, we can't all be Megan Lake. <laughs> yeah. We we can't we simply can't do that. And so, for those of you who actually do need to sit down and, and work face to face with someone and and do it in a fun manner, uh, then then that's why we're encouraging you to check out this uh, these opportunities at Capital One.
2: Thank you.
0: That's mm-hmm. a great explanation. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, I, that, I, that pretty much, I think, is a great start for any couple who's looking to try to engage with their money, either for the first time or maybe for the hundredth, hundredth time. Um, mm-hmm. Megan, any last closing thoughts that you want to share?
2: Hmm. Um, I would just say that, you know, the relationship, the conversation about money is full of just so much opportunity. Um, so the more that people come into it, just thinking positively and realizing that there's just so much potential in that conversation, um, that I think the more in truth you are and the more uh, likely you're going to have some really great conversations and really, um, just, succeed in how you're relating to money. So I invite everyone to think positively about it. And then I guess also in that vein, um, I, I the, I just announced the website, um, so that people that want to come to the events can, um, we're having the Denver kickoff that you two will be at on Wednesday, October 4th. And if people want to sign up or see more info about it, they can go to uh, CapitalOne.com capital one.com forward slash local forward slash relationships And then we'll also be kicking off this um, money match game show, followed by the how to talk about money with your honey workshop in Philadelphia on Wednesday, October 18th. Uh, So I'd love to meet um, any of your listeners or anyone that's hearing this to um, just show up. You can come on your own. You can bring a partner. You can bring a friend, a family member, come as an individual, um, whatever suits you. And we'd love to have you.
0: That's great. We'll have all those links uh, in the show notes as well. If you didn't weren't able to catch capture that while
1: you're driving your car or exercising
0: on the elliptical machine, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, and I'll reiterate one of the things that Megan just said is the, is the the uh, potential that this has. John and I are beginning to use more frequently this uh, slogan or this uh, mantra of live fabulously, not fabulously broke. And that's, that's where we started. We started at fabulously broke because we were not in tune with where we were financially and where our money was. And since we became, we got in tune with where we were, where we are financially, that completely changed our lives and allowed us to do the things that we want to do, save for retirement, able to travel the world and do the things that we really enjoy that brings value to our lives. So that's why we're encouraging you to check this out.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you very much again, Megan, for joining us. We hope to have you back again in the future.
2: Thank you. I would love that. Thanks to both of you.
0: Absolutely. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Definitely. Yes.
2: See you soon.
0: Thank you, Megan, for coming on our show again. We really appreciated it. You had a lot of great information to share and. Clearly, uh, the money and relationship workshops that Capital One Cafe is offering through you and some of the people that work with you are going to be super helpful for for uh, your clients. And uh, we want to remind our listeners that they should join us on, uh, on Wednesday, October fourth, at Denver's Capital One Cafe at 15th and Waywada. We will um, be putting on our own little uh, newlyweds down game <laughs> show. And if you are not in in the Denver area uh, and will be in the Philadelphia area. October 18th, you can join um, the Capital One Cafe there in Philadelphia. They're doing a very similar event um, and Megan will be there as well. So don't miss that.
1: Right. And you can find that at CapitalOne.com forward slash local forward slash relationship.
0: Okay. We just serviced you. Now you get to service us by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes and signing up for the Queer Money Lifestyle newsletter. At queer dot money.
1: Well, I'm not really gay. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: would help me if I had a personal chef made all me all my healthy meals for me. Right. So instead, I'll have a
1: Snickers tonight. For dinner.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the other end, I like the butts. So. <laughs> uh.